Hi everyone, welcome back to Tough and Tarmac, the SACU official podcast with me, Rachel, and our host, Callum. This season on Tough and Tarmac, we've been speaking to some of Scotland's top riders from across the motorcycle disciplines to find out a bit about their riding experiences and their favourite moments of their sporting career. This week's guest is Mr Kevin Murray. Um, Kevin is the founder and the main coach of the Ride Off Road Scotland programme. Um, he speaks a bit about that. He's got a previous experience in trials, motocross and in um, enduro, where he's experienced success in all those different things and in grass tracking as well early in his career. Um, Kevin's a really cool guy. It was really interesting speaking to him about his different approaches that he's got to his riding and to his, uh, his coaching. And importantly, he speaks to us a bit about his journey towards the Dakar Rally in 2023, which sounds really, really exciting. And I'm sure you'll be really excited to hear about it as well. So I hope you enjoyed the interview. So today we're joined by Mr. Kevin Murray. How are you, Kevin? Hi, yes, I'm uh, absolutely uh, loving the sun out there. It's great. And uh, it's been a good good week for riding, mate, uh, riding bikes. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, we were just off the back of the Scottish Championship, the first round of the Scottish uh, Road Race Championship, and it was an absolute scorcher all weekend. Um, everybody came back home with sunburn and you know after a really good weekend racing it was a really really good uh, opening round for me and a really good opening round for everybody you know there wasn't the meeting ran really smooth and the weather definitely helped that so um so there's a good vibe around racing at the moment with the uh, with the sunshine being out and coming out of lockdown it's, it's really good Oh, absolutely, absolutely. With these restrictions easing, you know, like having having a thousand fans back at Knock Hill as well, it was absolutely amazing. You know, riding around and on your cooldown laps, you were you were getting big claps and big waves. So, you know, with it opening back up, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like when there's more people in. Um. So, anyway, yeah. we'll start talking about um about yourself. So, can you tell us a bit about you, what discipline you ride in, and how you got started here? Yes. Uh, so. Uh... I guess I was lucky enough uh, when I was just a top to be living on a farm and uh, my family got me a little Honda 50 and I used to just ride up and down the farm road and that was when I was uh, three uh, and uh, I just I just absolutely loved it. Um, but uh, I had no interest in racing. I was just always playing on the bike and I liked doing laps on the track. Um, so I did a lot of laps and my dad was racing. He represented Scotland um, in the ISDE. Um, in 1990 uh, and I, I was a little bit sort of starstruck by the, the racing aspect of it then I just turned 10 and I asked my dad if I could go and race um, so I started out in motocross when I was 11 on a little CR80 um, and I didn't do too badly I had a, a couple of good years and then we went to do the British Championships and uh, all the way through till uh, I was 16 um, and it was difficult money wise so um, I decided for um, looking at career prospects, I decided to join the army at that point, so stop racing. Um, and then um, the, those guys that uh, I met in the army um, and some of my friends there that were into bikes, they were all into enduro. So that's when I started riding enduro. Uh, I was 18 years old then. And uh, so I did enduro all the way through till I was um, mid 30s. And then I uh, I retired to focus on my uh, engineering job um, and, a, and a few years went by on that and I missed it so much uh, when I moved back to Scotland and I started my own riding school, Ride Off Road to Scotland. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, like the, that's one thing that's kind of become apparent over, over 
the the course of the podcast we've already recorded is that people always seem to start in one sport, uh, one discipline, and then end up moving around. Or if they move from the discipline they started with, they end up moving back or whatever. There's not very many people who yeah. we've, we've listened, uh, we've spoken to that only stick with the one thing. Um, you know, everybody's done a little bit of motocross or a little bit of road racing and moved back or whatever it is. So it's really, it's cool how they all kind of interlink in, in between each other. Um, and obviously, like you say, I mean, you've kind of, now your career is, is teaching people how to, how to ride bikes and giving them that that start into the sport. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your beginning years in the sport, obviously in, in motocross and then moving into enduro when you when you joined the army? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, it was quite it's quite funny. Uh, my my dad was uh, quite a quite a keen coach, and uh, when it, when I was doing my training, even before I'd started racing, he'd he'd have me on the stop stopwatch, uh, and he'd be looking for you know lap times to be identical every every time round um, and would be pushing for like a 20 minute moto um, and then we'd do little little tra- uh, training drills and skills and we'd set out braking markers and all that stuff um, and if if I was doing something wrong like I was sitting down too much he took my seat off and uh, off we go and I did 20 minute moto with no seat um, and then you know I'm using my back brake too much, disconnect it. So no back brake for 20 minutes. Using the clutch too much, disconnect it. Um, and he'd set the braking marker and he'd say, look, I'll do it. He would do demos. He was a good coach, did the demo. Um, and he was braking plenty of time for the corner and then around and away. So I'd go and try and copy him. And while I was heading around on the sort of sighting lap, he'd move the marker. Um, I didn't find out about that until you know later years when we were in the pub chatting about it. Um, and um, and uh, you know he's moved the marker sort of three meters closer to the corner, uh, and I'm still making the corner, and he's and he's like totally amazed that I've actually managed it without crashing. Um, but yeah, really funny talking about it later with him in the pub. Um, so so he got me to a pretty good level, um, and, I, and I managed to uh, win a couple of Scottish championships, um, and then we went uh, a couple of year campaign doing all the British championship rounds and raced, raced with a, a lot of uh, really top-class riders um, coming through. And th- those guys went on to, um, you know, some of them are world champions and things, definitely a few British champions in there. Um, some of the guys moved on to uh, the super bikes and, you know, lots of different disciplines. Uh, so it's been nice to follow their careers while I've... Uh, moved over to the enduro world um, and um, had, a, had a bit of success in the enduro world. Um, so my first year was an absolute disaster. Um, I just had sort of, I got coming from motocross, uh, I was 100% all the time. Uh, in enduro, you need to be riding around about 90% and stay sort of just below the limit. And uh, Otherwise, you get into trouble like I did, and I spent uh, quite a lot of time in hospital that first year. Um, and then I had a couple of years off riding, just uh, get my head around it a bit and, and let my body heal. So um, yeah, um, obviously, sharp, a steep learning a sharp learning curve on that one, but uh, obviously got the hang of it. Came back and uh, raced at the top level of enduro for a lot of years. Well, see, the, you know, the thing is, coming coming through 
changing disciplines, uh, you know, starting from such a young age. I mean, there's, again, it's a similar story to what everybody's kind of told, you know, it's something that's been in the family or, you know, you've started from when you were very, very young and then you've worked all the way up through. Um, you know, like from, from there till now, obviously there's a huge difference in number one, what, you know, what number one, what discipline you're in, number two, what level you've been through. Um, and then obviously your your coaching role with Ride Off Road Scotland now and then the, the prospects of the Dakar. Do you want to tell people a bit about that? Yeah, really, really excited uh, to be on a, on a journey to Dakar in 2023. Um, and I'd always been a massive fan of the Dakar following it from quite a young age as well. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy because it's, it's one of those events that uh, the non-motorsport sort of guy will tune into just because it's so dramatic and it's so exciting. So it gets so much coverage um, and, um, you know, such a, such a high-profile event. So um, I always enjoyed coaching. So with my time in the Army, um, I'd come from a racing background and, and a sort of, winning championships and a lot of the guys in the army um were just starting out so i took on a bit of a coaching role even at the age of 19 all the way through um and then i managed to um when i left the army I managed to get a, a job with um simon pavey who runs uh, bmw off-road skills in wales um but he's a nine-time dakar finisher so um you know really really good to work with him and tap into his information uh really really clever man and, and really uh he's got some sort of unconventional coaching uh techniques that uh that you know they're, they're just really good at communicating with the, the students um so that's the kind of uh stuff that i learned from him um but then as i became a, a coach myself and started up here one of the one of the students said to me i'd like to do the dakar rally can you teach me? Um, and this guy, Tim, his name is, he's a complete novice um, on the motocross track. He, would, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't be able to finish a 10 minute race without a crash at that stage. He was, um, you know, his skills were just, he didn't have the skill set. So um, it's, it seemed like an impossible task. Um, but we had a long chat and we decided that we would, we would go for it um, and that I would, um, have to go with him just to just to keep him right um and that quickly evolved into us both racing so um it's uh it, it came about um in, in a in a quick quite a funny way uh but really exciting and, and been exciting to see the progress that tim's made and that's helped motivate me to stay on top of my game so from although i retired from racing in 2017 um started up again this year and um i'm actually sitting second in the scottish championship at the moment and um i'm building my fitness up and, and hopefully building up my riding speed so that when we go out to do the qualifier for dakar i'll be in a strong strong position that's you know it's, it's like um it's such a good start to the year especially with the prospects going towards dakar in, in 2023 i think the 2023 is obviously the the end goal for for you at the moment. So what's what's your your goals for like the next few seasons leading up to that? Is it just to you know improve the fitness? You know the Dakar Rally is probably one of the most grueling more like motorsport things in, in the 
the world, really. I mean, it must be the fitness levels needed for that and the, the, you know, the capability of yourself and the bike together. It must be a, a huge feat to try and like even imagine at the moment. So what's the plan and what's the goals for the next few seasons? Yeah, so absolutely just to um, take advantage of all the sort of the, the free things. So, so for me, you know, I'm out with my motorbike two or three times a week minimum. Um, and most of that is doing demos um, and the slow speed stuff or just telling people how to use the clutch and the throttle. But I can take advantage of having the bike out there. Um, you know, I can maybe say to them, right, you're going to have a, a, a break and a drink of water. Um, and while they're doing that, I'll, I'll get in um, a, really, a really intense six or 10 minute session on the track. Um, and then it's it's a chance for them to see what what you can do when you're really pushing on a bike as well, um, and then talking to them all all the time. You know, the range of the range of customers I get, I get the complete novice guys that are just learning to ride, but I also coaching some top level guys, and get to speak about uh, the, the fitness aspect and um, the physicality. You know, not just fitness, but how how your how your body works and how you're moving around on the bike, and by explaining that and talking about it, it's helped it's helped me to develop my own physicality and um, and actually my riding's uh, changed quite a bit as well since I'm doing this coaching. Um, so I think really really good way to learn something is to teach it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I am a coach myself in my discipline and I'm at uni studying um, sports coaching. So, you know, like the everybody's got their own different wee methods and stuff. And that's the one thing that I've, I've found out myself as well is that the way that I learn something better is to try and explain it to somebody else. So the, the fact that you're saying that as well, you know, like I think sometimes us kind of, if you want to call us elite riders, you know, like at the kind of top of the, the top level, um, you kind of focus you can focus sometimes on the little things where some sometimes i think that the if you do the basics properly the other things come come much easier so you know some yeah. sometimes silly things like throttle control clutch control you know being nice on the brakes whatever it whatever it may be it makes the the little tenths of a second come much easier yeah that's right yeah um and, and when you're trying to explain it to lots of different people you, you kind of you experiment a little bit yourself so you try different ways to use the brake or use the throttle and like silly things like riding one-handed. Um, one of the training drills we do um, is to brake hard where you've only got one hand on the bars. Um, and of course, to explain that and to break it down to someone, you've got to practice it yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, like th that sort of like challenge to yourself it sometimes kind of makes it a wee bit more fun as well. You know what I mean? Like if you're just going out and doing motos or, you know, just going out and doing the same thing every, every other day, you know, it must, it gets a wee bit boring. So changing it up a wee bit and challenging yourself for those different little silly things can sometimes make your training a bit more fun as well, can't it? Absolutely. I, and I'd recommend that for any, for any of the guys that are, um, that are training towards something is always to remember to have that bit of time just for fun and uh, that little bit of play riding, um, experimenting because you sometimes learn a little, learn more when you're when you're actually just having fun. You know that was that was very much like myself as well. There was one one lap um, on a cool down lap where I was being silly and tried to get my elbow down, uh, and it made me hang off the bike so much. And I was like, oh, that actually worked really quite well. You know what I mean? I, and then I started moving 
my moving yeah. my body weight over the bike more to get it to turn a little bit easier. And that was just yeah. through mucking around without, do you know what I mean? That was that was literally all it was. I was mucking around on a cool down lap, um, yeah. and and it changed my body position on the bike for you know for the rest of the time after that. So, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, sometimes being silly, doing a bit of goon riding, whatever it is, you know what I mean. It can sometimes sometimes work in your favour. Um, so yeah. what? Um, looking forward to to the Dakar and also kind of your your previous um, previous parts of your career. What kind of challenges have you faced so far, and what challenges have you got going ahead towards the Dakar? Yeah. Okay. So the the big the big challenge that I had was sort of just mentioned it earlier was that um, when I rode motocross, it was you know on a motocross race, it's a short. 15 minute plus two laps or whatever that whatever the length of it is and you're pushing on you know 100 percent um every every corner every street um every obstacle and um and i took that across to the enduro world um which had a, if, if i had the skill level it might have been okay but um i, I just hadn't experienced a lot of that terrain so I think building up building up that skill base. I think the biggest struggle is actually being patient enough that you that you're not trying to get ahead of yourself. Because um, I I just wanted to to hit everything absolutely flat out, and it was obviously the wrong way to do it. So then, so I had those two years off, and I came back and rode like I was doing everything steady, um, and I and I won the expert championship that year. Just because I was accurate, I was uh, deliberate in everything that I did, and I stayed within my limit. Um, so that was, you know, that was quite an interesting um, sort of insight for me at the time, and I took that approach going forward. Um, and I just seemed to, um, with, without pushing me on my limit, I just seemed to improve year on year after that, which was which was really cool. Sometimes doing that, you know, like just slowing down, um, sometimes helps so so much. Like. You know, they, they, sometimes the same thing as what I was saying about, you know, just focusing on the, the basics. Like, if you just slow yourself down a bit, don't push that far. I mean, it's obviously different in motocross to enduro anyway, but the, the for instance, like you say, motocross, you're like flat out, every single corner, it'll go along every straight, trying to get to the next bit as fast as you can. And it's the same in road racing. And um, last weekend was the first time that I got a PB. And the lap that I got my PB, I was just taking everything nice and slowly and it just came together and it was so it was so so easy after that that I was like why have I been trying so hard this whole time it could have if I just chilled out and relaxed a little bit it would have been it would have been there the whole time and um, so yeah. definitely just taking that wee second to you know have a wee breath take everything nice and slow depending on what situation you're in of course you can't but um you know if you've got the, the option to sometimes it's nice to just take, take a deep breath slow down and, and take it nice and easy and it eventually comes to you doesn't it that's right, yeah, um, and and it's it's crazy. Uh, like say, sometimes you 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 know that you're going to be the fastest one there on the day. You know, you know that so so everything's just relaxed and you and you're just hitting all your your marks and it's a really really good feeling when you. I think that's when you kind of feel like you're, um, you know, part of the bike um, and, and everything's just working well. You, you really connect with it. Um, absolutely absolutely back to your question so going forward for the dakar um you know the challenge for that is i've never done a rally and um i haven't used the road book um 
I've started to get familiar with the, with the roadbook now and I'm, I'm looking through that. And um, But the next stage is to try and read a roadbook while doing maybe 80 miles per hour or whatever it is that, you know, down a gravel road, you, you're absolutely... Um, the, the top guys, they're, they're carrying a lot of speed and still navigating at the same time. Um, maybe lower down the ranks, the guys are taking their time a little bit more and... Um, I, I like to think I'll be somewhere in the middle, um, you know, um, hopefully um, stay that for me is going to be staying um, with the, the sort of riders that are in, in my kind of level. Um, I don't really want to drop back. Uh, you risk getting tangled up with other traffic, getting caught in dust, all that stuff. So I've found, as I found out at the ISDEs, if you can stay with guys that are that are your level, that the day just flows so much better. Um, you, know, you 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 can concentrate better and just ride at your own your own le level without getting tangled up in traffic and all the other issues that go with that. It's it's, it's going to be such a fun journey, I think, for you guys especially. I mean, there's there's four of you, isn't there? Four of you that are going to do it all together. Yeah, there's four in the team at the moment, and. Two, so there'll be two mechanics for the four riders, um, and um, you know the support elements a bit, a big, a really big part of it. They're the guys that'll that'll keep us going, um, and so I think we're lucky at this stage to have a really, a really good uh, team. Uh, you know, the foundations are all there. Um, of course, another challenge is funding it all. Um, we've got a plan in place. Uh, you know, we're approaching it almost like a business business plan. So we've, we're picking off the the sort of the biggest issues at the moment, which are, um, and, and stuff that's free as well. So the, the biggest issues have been, um, obviously, riding technique for Tim, never ridden off-road. So he's had a year of riding now, and he's done uh, finished five Scottish Championship uh, events. So we're, we're on a good... Uh, trajectory with that um, and we're aiming to sort of increase the intensity of our, of our riding now um, and for me um, I've, I've been in a desk job for um, three or four years um, and in fact seven years really but um, but since I stopped riding my uh, activity levels really dropped and um, my, you know I put on weight and um, I was less less mobile so Really nice for me to start combating that um, up my training uh, schedule and um, just ticking off all these little little boxes um, and suddenly we've gone from you know a big big list of actually how, how are we going to get to Dakar and now we're like yeah we're we're a lot closer so it's it's looking good. Absolutely, and like you say, I mean funding in our sport is is always important. Um, you know, a lot of things are family funded, but something as big as the Dakar, I mean, the, you know, the, the cost of the bike, you know, just, just for the navigation kit and all that, it must be a crazy, crazy cost. Um, but, you know, like going forward then from from now till like maybe five years, in five years time, obviously I'm assuming that the goal is to have completed the Dakar as a, as a given, but maybe 2024, 2025, what's the plan for, for that? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a mixed goal really with... Um... You know, I'll have to retire from racing again at some point. Um, but I'd, I would like to do a little bit more. Um, 
and uh, I, I think part of the racing for me is uh, where I get to show, you know, by example. Um, so, you know, there's no there's no shortcuts in racing. You put you put a lot of work in, um, and if you put enough work in, if you put more work in than the next guy, it, it, you know, you're going to start moving up. Um, and it, and it's almost as simple as that. Um, so so for me, you know, I want I want to show that um, you, if you use the right approach, you, you do get the results. Um, so and I think if I if I can do that with um, a little bit on enduro, maybe a little bit on motocross, I'd like to do a beach race again. I've done a few beach races that they were really great fun. Um, I've got I've still got the physical endurance and I've still got a love for riding. So. Um, I think I can I can sort of go on to do some of those nice events over the next um, few years, um, but also while I'm doing that is building the the business uh, so that I can help get more people into the sport. And I'd love to see um, this you know enduro and motocross grow in Scotland, um, and, and as well as the road racing stuff. You know, I, I mean, I think uh, the off road stuff is a great feeder into the. The road racing side of it, I think there's quite a, quite a lot of guys will start out in motocross and move across to the tarmac. Sometimes it goes the other way, but not very often, I think. But um, if we can if we can build it up, then that'll that'll help me to um, you know to spend more time around bikes, um, and it'll get more people into it. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, I mean the the crossover is is so mad. Like. Usually, like for, for myself, I started in mini motos with the Scottish Mini Moto Championship. Jumped onto a motocross bike to learn how to work gears and you know, like work a clutch and things like that. And then went back to, to road racing because that was my end goal. But you know, I mean, like you say, the motocross and enduro and everything like that is such a good feeder into all the di- all the different disciplines. Um, do you want to speak quickly about um, Ride Off Road Scotland? Like, what it is you guys do, and you know, about how people can get in contact with you if they do fancy it. Sure. Yeah. So um, I did. I, I was um, engineer in the army, and I um, I carried on with the engineering stuff right up until um, just before the pandemic, when I decided to start the um, the riding school. And the idea was that I would be able to um, offer coaching for guys that already race. But then also to have a fleet of bikes and offer a riding experience for those that, that have never done it before and um, and everything in between. So, being um, li- you know living in England, riding's just so accessible there. You, you've got lots of little lo- mo- uh, local motocross tracks and clubs, and then you've also got the green lane side for the guys that want to just do the trail riding and get out on the bikes. And then up, up up here in Scotland, because of the, the land use uh, laws, um, you need the landowner's permission for anywhere you go. Um, and a lot of the landowners don't want to give it because that then makes them liable for any any injuries or any accidents. It was like, where do we go on our bikes legally up here? There's, there's nowhere to go. So I started speaking to landowners to see what their attitudes attitudes are and Actually, the, a lot of them were, were quite open to it. If you if you have the insurance in place, they're happy for you to use the land. So I thought, well, I, I, I'm able to offer offer that to people as well as my experience coaching and has put me in a really strong position to, to offer that. Um, so I think um, now I've got 
I think 19 venues we've got that we can use throughout Scotland. And um, we've got a fleet of bikes, so, um, you know, and all the kit, protective clothing, so people can literally just turn up and, and ride. And even with those with no experience, um, and they can get a little bit of a, a jump start if they want to get into the sport. Like yesterday, we had five guys that had never ridden before, and at the end of the day, they all they all spoke about which uh, motocross or enduro bike they're going to go and get afterwards. You know, so uh, and then hopefully, the, the, you know, one or two of them will, will go on to to compete, and um, and if if it works out like that, uh, every time I'm introducing new people to the sport, then the numbers at the events will grow. The more there will be more people looking for coaching. Um, and then they'll go on to bigger events and we'll get more publicity and that'll drive more people to come and do the experience days. And I think the whole thing will just just help uh, help the sport grow and it'll obviously benefit the business as well. And hopefully it can get more people into the coaching side. So I can see it, I can see it, you know, uh, growing quite quite well and, and especially um, at the moment, uh, the, um, the website, traffic's been been really uh, good and the the emails and the, the amount of uh, contacts and, and requests that we're getting are, are really good so um we've got a facebook page as well just just right off road scotland um so um if, if anybody wants to get involved then uh just get on the facebook page or send us a, a an email we've got a contact form on the um on the website um right off road scotland.co.uk so really easy to get in amongst it and get started yeah absolutely and i mean like the like you say i think the biggest the biggest fear for anybody coming into any of the disciplines in our sport is the, the startup costs i mean even to try it you need to pay all this money to get a bike to get a you know to get all the protective gear you kind of take all that out for people to at least give it a go and if they don't like it they don't like it and if they do then you know i mean that cost isn't quite as such a sore one because you know that you're going to enjoy it anyway so no it's definitely a, a really really good thing um, and I, I also see that it's going to get loads of people into the sport and into all the disciplines like you say i mean the the basics of learning how to use the clutch and the throttle and the brake i mean that's it's the same in every single discipline so no it's definitely a really really good thing um what would you say i'm going to ask you this as a kind of two-part question so what's your biggest motivation as a rider and then biggest motivation as a coach and then how and then for after that how has the coronavirus that you said you started up just before the pandemic so how is the coronavirus like had an effect on your business and on your train for going towards a Okay, so uh, I think uh, I think you got four questions in there, but <laughs> I'll um, try and work through. So um, start with the, the pandemic. So I I thought um, I my engineering contract stopped in the November and. I was working as a contractor, so I kind of jumped between jobs anyway. And um, I thought um, at that point, um, my CV was fresh and I could have probably gone straight into another engineering role. Um, but I had everything in place for Ride Off Road Scotland, apart from the bikes. I just had one bike at that time. So um, I decided to launch the website and get started with it. Um, and... Straight away, the inquiries coming in were just mind blowing. It was like, um, and book, you know, I ended up with bookings from Australia, Germany, the Netherlands, um, 
guys wanted to come over from Italy and ride in Scotland. That was really cool. Um, so I had group bookings. Uh, so it gave me the confidence to sort of push on with it. Um, and I had bookings all through that summer, which, you know, we got to March and everything just went on lockdown. So it was all cancelled. Um, but I think because I'd had so much interest and um, I'd, I'd already had a few customers that, that wanted to keep coming at that stage um, and, and just keep things ticking over. So it gave me the confidence to sort of stick with it. Um, it would have been really easy to go back to an engineering job at that point. Um, but uh, but I sort of, um, I, I'm really stubborn, you know, so um, once I've started something, I like to go through with it. Um, so just kept, kept, working away, doing the one-to-one and the smaller stuff. Um, we had a couple of months out of lockdown, August, September, got really busy. Again, it gave me enough confidence to say, right, we're, we are going to make this work. And at that point, we didn't really know the pandemic was going to go on for as long as it has. Um, so it's, it's been nerve-wracking to, to just try and keep things going. And um, you know, I, was, I was expecting to... I'm really close to having to sell everything up and um, just go look for a job in Tesco's just to keep keep the um, you know got three kids at home and got the mortgage to pay and fortunately my wife's been able to work from home so she's kept us going and um, but we it feels like we're we're through that and bookings have picked up and like yesterday was my first group experience day uh, since last September I think so really good to to have the feeling that we're actually on and we're in business now so um i'm now looking for i'm lo- looking to build the staff team up and and get get going with that so really exciting going forward yeah. um but that so that's the pandemic part what was the other questions <laughs> <laughs> i know i kind of bombarded you there um so the biggest motivation as a rider and then biggest motivation as a coach yeah i mean it's it's weird because I'm not I'm not hundred percent motivated by results. Um, they're they're like a nice byproduct um, for for me on the track. I just like to get things right. So I guess you could, I could say you know uh, perfectionist on the on the on the riding side of things. I, I really I get I get really upset with myself if I miss a line or um, you know. <laughs> really self-analytical so I can usually work out if I've missed a line it's probably not because I've braked too late it's, it's usually something else I've done of you know I've got my body in the wrong position or I've just braked a little hard and, and locked the front something like that and it just can be a bit hard on myself for that side of things but you know that that helps the the sort of continuous evolution and um, hopefully I mean I feel like I'm still learning even though I'm, I'm 40 now and um racing for 30 years um still feel like i'm learning and improving um and i think um maybe by the end of this year once my fitness is back up uh, i'll probably be as fast as i've ever been um you know um so yeah i think uh i guess you could could say um just perfection striving for perfection on that um that motivates me when i'm on my bike um you know just Daft stuff like we spoke about doing those silly uh, the the play things, you know. I will I will play um, at at those training drills just 
leaning leaning into acceleration, for example, I'll, I'll practice that. Just I'll go and do it a hundred times, or when I get the bike out of the van, I'll go and do I'll go and do a figure of eight fifty times, and you know before I do any riding, I'll just go and do figure of eight because um, I want to get everything right. Um, and I think little things like that just really really help with the with the racing. But um, uh, so as a coach, then um, it's trying to communicate some of these really really subtle techniques um, in an effective way. It's really difficult. It's just, how do you communicate? So it's it, it's a bit like problem solving, I think. So you know, some some people just learn from looking at stuff. Some people you've got to do it. Some of the guys I'll do um, when I'm coaching, I'll sit on the bike and I'll let them control the throttle and the clutch. Um, you know, and, and sometimes that's the way to get it get it across. So it's just working out how how to communicate. So that really really uh, motivates me. And it's great when you see the pennies dropped and they and they off, off they go and they're absolutely happy as well. You know, they're they're buzzing with it. So, yeah, I think that. That's actually like a really, really good thing because most of the people we've we've spoken to already has been their biggest motivation has been the results, has been the winning. But you know that that kind of intrinsic motivation that you've got, it must have such a good impact on it. Like you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, if you don't want to win, what's the point in being there? But that's like you say, that's a byproduct. That's you know, it's a positive thing. But the intrinsic motivation of you know doing it for yourself, doing it for fun, and even just you know doing it to to improve yourself as opposed to improving yourself to get the results. I think that's, you know, it's a really, really good message to get out to people that, you know, like doing it for fun isn't, doesn't mean that you don't want to win. You know what I mean? Like the, the motivation could be there for results or without the results. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's quite important for, um, for a lot of the youngsters because there is only one winner, right? So there's maybe like, um, I don't know, uh, some some of these motocross events you'll you'll have um, let's say um, eight classes um, all with forty riders each and, and only eight winners so you've got an, another two hundred and forty guys that that if they if they're just focused on winning they're all going home disappointed well you know focus on having a good time and doing the best you can and going going as fast as you can. And it, hey, if you win, absolutely celebrate it. It's a great feeling, but just, you know, enjoy the ride as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, obviously, with with um, the Ride Off Road Scotland, you you get to give people advice on how to start the sport. So, what, would you give, what advice would you give to someone for who's just coming into the sport or who's thinking about joining the sport? What would, what would you say to them as, as a rider and as a coach? Um, I think... You know, absolutely. Um, I'm obviously biased, but the best way to spend your money is on um, on a coach. Um, you know, you, you can you can have the best bike and all the best kit, but um, but without the skills and the technique, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. Um, so if you can get if you can get that, that's something that you've got for the rest of your life. So it's just it, it to me it, it's a no brainer. It's a sound investment. You, you pay that money once and you've got that for the rest of your life, that skill, uh, that step up. Um, you know, <clears throat> you put a, a new tyre on or you put a, a new carburetor on and and you've, you've maybe got that for six months or whatever, you know, 
however long that bit of kit lasts and then you, you change bikes and you have to spend more money but you know you, the money you spend on coaching you've always got that with you so I think uh, and, and also that that ties in with this, the safety side of things a lot of people um, start out and have a, a fall or an injury um, just because they don't there's a lot of things that they don't know that you know and you don't know what you don't know you know it's, it's crazy. Um, so you maybe you maybe think that you're you're kind of you've, you've got the, the whole picture, and uh, and then you're introduced to another part of the sport. It's like, oh, I didn't even didn't re- realize that it, that existed. You know, another series or another discipline or whatever. Um, so just tapping into someone else that's already got that knowledge it saves saves you learning the hard way. I think. So yeah, learn from somebody else that's already made the mistakes. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that I've heard from, from numerous rider coaches in the past is that, you know, their initial uh, intervention into someone's career, it might not be for seconds or tenths of a second, it'll just be for safety alone. You know, like you you might not go any faster in the first couple of sessions, but you're, the way that you're riding will be so much more safe that your percentage of likelihood of crashing has been reduced by so, so much. So no, definitely, I would definitely agree that speaking to someone who knows what they're doing and someone who can relay that information to you properly so that you understand it is definitely an important way to start. Um, uh, and then obviously contacting the government body, the SCCU, um, to get into the sport if that's what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even have to be, like me, obviously a professional coach, but it doesn't have to be. It can be, um, you know, go to the practice track and get friendly with some other families and get involved with other, other people that are riding that have got experience and, and learn from them. But definitely, um, you know, just go, just going out and, and having a go on your own in that sort of little isolation, I don't know, I think you're kind of asking for trouble when you do it like that. Yeah, I would, I would completely agree. I think it's a, it's a very difficult thing to do on your own. So, um, so just very quickly, what does your weekly timetable look like? like prior to coronavirus and now that we're kind of coming up out of it, what does your timetable look like? in regards to your coaching and your training for, you know, what, what you're achieving this year? Yeah, so, so, so difficult at the minute to um, kind of put a programme together, right, because um, it's all just sort of up in the air. Um, prior to, prior to the business starting, I was, um, and I don't know, three, four hours commuting on a Monday, morning staying away at the office all week and then back back on a friday and, and then just sort of hanging out uh with the family at the weekend and didn't do any riding or not much anyway um then started the business and i was trying to get together um the venues and some footage to put on the website and photos so spent a lot more time on the bike um and I, um managed to get my dad back into riding again um so I spent a lot of time riding bikes with my dad, which is cool. Um, you know, got him out and um, coaching again as well. So um, really good to, to see him and and his fitness and his health's coming on leaps and bounds. Because same as me, you know, he he's just been been working away um, and not not doing much exercise or sport. So so that's been really cool. Um, um, got three kids at home, so. They, they sort of dominate a lot of the time where I'm not working and um, not not training. Um, so it's trying to um, 
do a lot of little activities and sport with them and you know like just silly things like running around the garden or going out for little cycle rides and stuff to, to keep a little bit of fitness on but out on the bike or coaching instructing uh, it's usually four days a week um, and I'm usually Monday off to regroup uh, wash the bikes get the, get the kit sorted Tuesdays back normally motocross coaching in the evenings for our evening school that we do and Wednesday's an, an experience day so it's normally with the higher bikes. Um, Thursday, um, I was doing enduro schools. We, we just stopped them because it's so busy then. It's a turnaround day again. And then um, Friday, this Friday is one-to-one. Um, and then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, we'll be, I'll be coaching on the, on the higher bikes again. So it's like just try to steal little bits of time to stay on top of the other tasks that go with running a business advertising, running a website, Facebook page, all the social media side. Um, there's not much spare time. So a couple of training sessions a week as well, you know, just uh, like interval in training or um, CrossFit stuff. Try, try to keep my hand in on that. I, I like to spend more, but I think um, once I get into a business routine, I'll, I'll be able to dedicate each morning or, or sometime each day for that. I mean, like the, the thing is, there's no there's no thing like bike fitness, is there? I mean, like the fact that you're out on a bike, whether it be going slow teaching people or whatever, whatever it may be, you know, being out on a bike in some one form or another is is going to help in the in the long run when it comes to you know 2023 especially. I mean, if you're on a bike every other day of the week, um, in your coaching role or in training for yourself, it's going to help so so much. Um, so no, that's it's a good insight as well as to how how busy it is and how busy your week is as well as trying to fit in everything else that you've got especially with you know like a family three children and trying to, to balance it all must be really really difficult but it must be one of the most rewarding things as well yeah it's, it's really it's been really good um let's say um taking people that that have never ridden before is probably one of the most satisfying things because it's uh as you as you know, it's a, it's a really really addictive sport. Um, just the, the way that we connect with the, the bike and and feel the ground moving around underneath you, the the acceleration, and it and it also, I think it it requires like a hyper focus. So you you forget about everything else. It's like all you know if you've got any issues, troubles, worries, they go, <laughs> um, and you focus on going forward and just what the bike's doing around you. So it, it's an opportunity for you to just uh just live in the moment and we don't get to do that very often it's uh, it's definitely a, a, a huge release i think as well you know like um, when you're out on the track like you see i mean that hyper focus you need to hit every apex or to, to make sure you hit every line it, you can't mimic that in any other way i mean i've never been able to do any other sport that you completely takes your mind off everything i believe you say i mean we're we're biased folk are going to be thinking ah oh, they're just they're just uh, trying to get us into this sport, but no, honestly, like there is, there is no other sport like it. Um, so, yeah, we'll just we'll quickly finish off with some quick fire questions. Um, so the first one we'll start off with was who was your biggest inspiration in the sport? Um, whether it be a rider, whether it be a, a family member, what, what was your or who was your biggest motivation to start with? Absolutely, my dad. Yeah. So, um, you know. It, He's a, he's a he's a hard-working guy, um, really committed to whatever he puts his mind to. Um, so and and 
I actually felt like I was um, even at ten year ten years old. I actually felt like I was kind of intruding on on his sport by saying that I wanted to do it at, at times because um, he 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 retired in '91, and that's you know to allow me to start the racing. Um, you know, and I think with with the with the way with the because he was enduro and I was motocross. That's the way it kind of worked. There was a bit of an overlap because he uh, he he would do the odd um, the odd motocross race at that point as well. So, um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, um, you know, I, I think quite often. I think what, what would my dad do? Yeah, I think that you know, that's that's such a, a positive thing as well. You know, having a, a family member who does the sport um, as well as having them there to motivate you, having their experience there to, to grapple on to and like you say, thinking like what, what would he do, what, what what's the right decision here and having that kind of in the background to make sure that you are doing the right thing is, is such a positive thing. Um, my dad raced as well, I'm, I'm the, in the exact same boat. Um, you know, my, my granddad and my dad both raced at the Scottish Championship level and um, at the British Championship level as well and it's like one of those things where you, uh, for myself anyway, you strive to get better than what they were, and I think that's a really positive thing as well. You know that little bit of kind of competition within the family, um, and obviously they're there to guide you along the way. Yeah, and I think it gives us a little bit of an excuse as well. You know, say, oh, well, it's in my blood, so I'm off racing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so moving from um, motocross to enduro, you can choose whichever one you like. What's been your favourite? You know, like your favourite course or your favourite track or even your favourite experience so far. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that if we speak to you in a couple of years' time, it will 100% will be back up. But, um, you know, from, from now in motocross and enduro, what's been your favourite track or your favourite course so far? Um, I, I suppose I've not really mentioned trials as well. I do a fair bit of trials riding. Um, <clears throat> really, really enjoy the trials. And, and, and I actually think the trials has probably maybe had the biggest impact on my riding. Because it's all slow technical stuff, you've got to be 100% with it. Um, so some of some of the learning stuff that I've taken from that to the enduro has been really cool. But um, I guess um, I did a, an event that was dirt three, two, one. It was a bit of a combination event. So we done um, a sprint enduro, um, a supercross, and an enduro cross. Um, very, very, very memorable event, that one. Um, do, doing the Supercross on an Enduro bike was interesting because, uh, you know, I had the fully soft suspension for it. Um, and so any kind of slight over jump or, um, or coming up short a little bit and the suspension's bam, really bottling out. Um, so I felt like on that one, I had to be really careful. But um yeah, really cool. That was down at um, Doncaster, I think, Fat Cats. Um, so that was a really, really good event. Um, but probably my favourite would be, would be Brazil when I was I was in the British junior team, um, and I was um, I was riding with um, Stefan Everts and U.S. Salmon and two world champions. Um, and I was on I was a, just a kid on the 450, um, riding with these guys across and and, and right up at a desert um we started down at the beach on that on that event and then and one of the days we, we were right up in a banana plantation right up in the mountains um and, and you're all against the clock so although i wasn't um i guess i wasn't competitive against mr everts um i got to ride alongside him and it overtook him quite a few times on the on the course and just um just really sort of 
riding along, am I really riding next to Stefan Everts? You know, that was really cool. Um, and then um, I ended up in the same final, you know, at, at the end of the week, you have a final motocross. So I ended up in the same final with him as well. That was really cool. Um, and, and I finished um, top Brit at that event. So that was, that was really smart. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, almost like that, that you think. I'm, I'm there, I've made it, I'm like almost made it. Um, so, can you, can you tell us uh, an interesting fact about yourself that nobody would know? Um, I don't know, uh, related to racing, um, I guess I won a grass track championship uh, way back in the in the youth days. Um, and outside of racing, maybe um, I think the the guys that are closer to me know, because uh, I talk about it quite a lot, is that I worked on the um, the, the land speed record car, um, thousand mile an hour car, with a jet engine and a rocket, which is uh, obviously a really cool job. That is pretty cool. That yeah, that's if um, that would be the exact same. I mean, I wouldn't be able to stop talking about that. That's really cool. Um, from a racing point of view and from a coaching point of view, or even from a life point of view, to be honest, what would you say the one word is that describes you best and across all those areas? That's, you know, that's been a, a pretty thingy answer across the board, you know, like motivated, determined, you know, something like that. Where we, we, I think we've had that twice or three times now, so no, definitely. I mean, I, I think you kind of need to be in, in doing the, what we do. I think you need to be determined. You need to have a really high level of resilience to get to where we where we get to. Um, on top of, of bike racing and, you know, trials, enduro, motocross, um, what other hobbies do you have? Do you have any other hobbies outside of motorsport or is it just all motorsport? Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, I like to follow the, um, the racing as well. Um, outside of motorsport, I tell you, when I was in... Um, when I was in the army, I did a couple of tours in Iraq and a couple in Afghan, and got to mix with some, you know, guys that not nothing to do with racing. And one of the common interests I struck up was just um, similar types of music and 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 that sort of thing. Um, and uh, one of the guys that I was on on tour with, he was a really really good musician and kind of natural uh, singer. He, he was a lead singer in the in the unit band um, and I said to him, you know, I really, really wanted to learn guitar, but never had, never felt like I had the chance kind of thing. Um, so when we got back, he, he gave me his, he gave me his old guitar when we got back from Iraq. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely uh, not a natural and um, I quite often get asked to stop, um, but I do really enjoy playing the guitar as well. <laughs> No, that's that's really really good. That's the thing. Like with uh, with any sport, you can be like people are concentrated, and sometimes you need something to something a wee bit left field to to distract you from this as well. Because um, you know it does get very very a, a lot sometimes, doesn't it? You know, it can sometimes get a wee bit too much if you're focusing solely on one thing. So having that wee bit of a release from something else. And to be honest, for for oh sorry, what was that? Definitely, it's consuming, isn't it? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, like even for for some people, uh, that change as a different discipline you know what i mean some people think oh i'm focusing too much on this so i'll go and ride a motocross bike or i'll go and do this just to keep on riding the bike because that's what they love but it's not exactly what they're like focusing on and um, so no it's really really good that you need to have something else on top of it or you don't need to but it sometimes helps to have something else on top of it 
Um, just really quickly, do you want to plug any social media again? Do you want to just remind everybody about the website, how to get in touch with yourself, how to get in touch about helping the, the Dakar team, or even when we post this, I'll post the link to the, the document that you sent me, um, telling everybody about the whole team, things like that, and what you're doing. Um, but if you want to just plug your social media and website and everything like that. Yeah, so I guess what I'd really like to promote is the, the Project Dakar. Um, and we, we've got a bit of a message on that. And so we, we've got a hashtag because I can. Um, and the message is sort of centered around just dealing with adversity and, and overcoming challenges. Um, and we've actually visited a couple of schools just to talk about, I'll talk about overcoming challenges. And, you know, I think sometimes, uh, especially with the pandemic, you, you, you maybe look at things and just think, you know, that's actually beyond my reach. How am I going to get there? Um, and we use Cayman Everest as an example. Um, from you know, for me, I've no mountaineering experience, but if I wanted to climb Everest, then you know, I'd, I'd need a, I need to get some lessons. So start with that, and that's a small task. I can achieve that, and so job done. You know, get some lessons, uh, and the same, same for anything. Um, so you, you start breaking things down and, and find manageable chunks and. Um, you know, hopefully we can just inspire some of the some of the, the kids that are um, going through hard times to, to take on their own little chunks and, and make steps towards whatever their goals are. So um, I think um, we, we'd love to get that message out to more people. So if, uh, if people can share the Project Dakar, because I can, um, we've got a, um, a Facebook page on that and, um, you know, that, that really help us join the club as well. We've started a club, so we're hoping that we can put on some entry-level events. Um, we'll try to get uh, some forestry land just to put on some gravel roads, kind of rally days, or just things that people that haven't got any serious off-road experience can just come and have a go. So um, I think uh, if we can get, we can get that out there. Um, and the club's called the uh, BIC Rally Club, and it's because I can, you know. So we want to say, just why, why you 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 going to take on that that challenge? Well, because I can, and I, and I really want to, you know. So um, just you don't need a you don't need an excuse, you don't need a reason. Go go and just do it if you want to do it. Um, so we're trying to push that forward, um, but part of that comes, you know, with supporting Ride Off Road Scotland as well and helping helping that grow. So. Rideoffroadscotland.co.uk. Um, have a look on there. We've got our, um, I've got an events page on one of the tabs with, um, with, with our calendar in there. So you can have a look through and, and see if there's any dates that you, you want to come ride. We've got some new venues that we're, we're going to use. So we've got a partnership with Creef Hydro, um, big hotel. Um, it's right next to the motorway. So um, and, and sort of centrally located. Um, so we're going to take the bikes up there. They've got a big an old quarry up there that we can use. And there's all the other activities there as well. So perfect to take the family and nip off and get a couple of hours riding in and get some instruction um, while the family are maybe horse riding or on, um, you know, crazy golf or whatever. There's, there's all the other activities there. So we're hoping that we can let people, you know, not, not just guys that are, you know, focused or I guess it's geared towards more, more like making it accessible. So if 
if you're struggling for places to go, give us a shout. You know, um, we can maybe we can maybe help, or we can maybe put you, put you in touch with the right people, and hopefully we'll help the sport grow and just make it easier to to get in and go ride and get out on your bike. Absolutely, that sounds you know it sounds amazing, and I can't wait to, to see it you know like grow even even bigger than what it is just now because um, you know that entry into the sport is a big problem in our sports. And now the fact that you're doing, it, I think that the sport and you know years to come will definitely be thanking Ride Off Road Scotland. So no, definitely, um, if anybody wants to get in touch with yourself, um, to go and give it a go. I mean, there's like there's no there's no reason not to. Sometimes you know what I mean. Sometimes I think that people look for a reason like oh I couldn't do it because this couldn't do it because of that. Our sport is one of the most inclusive sports that there is. You know, there's nothing that stops you from doing it, um, or there's very little that stops you from doing it. So definitely get in touch, um, even with direct with yourself or if you want to speak to the SCU and that they can put you in touch with yourself with yourself then you know, there's loads and loads of ways to get into it so no definitely um i think it's been a, a really good conversation that we've had today i think that um there's been so many different avenues that you've taken that you can offer to people um and the different motivation types as well i think it's been really important because the motivation types we've had in the past like i say have all been kind of extrinsic motivated you know wanting to win wanting to you know get the trophies wanting the, the bragging rights but you know sometimes it's nice just to just to do it for you and i think that's a really really good message awesome yeah thanks Carl. it's been a no, pleasure yeah absolutely um and we'll catch you next time hopefully if we're still going in a couple of years time we'll get a post dakar interview as well which will be really good yeah absolutely yeah so no definitely we'll see you next time thank you very much Kevin. Uh, maybe we'll go and inspire more people uh, to chase after that Dakar, uh, whatever that is for them. Uh, so, absolutely. Right. As we said, as you say, or as your, your hashtag says, you know, because I can. Why not? That's the the, the best way to do it, isn't it? Just because you can. Yeah. Right, Callum. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.